Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 191. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I am your host, Laura Reagan, and right now I'm on a little bit of a summer hiatus. I'm literally on vacation as I'm recording this right now, and I'm super excited to let you know what one of the things I've been doing while I've been on vacation, paradoxically, because on a vacation you're not supposed to work, but I've been doing a ton of scheduling and planning for the podcast. And that's what I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks as I'm in a hiatus from recording new episodes or releasing new episodes for you. I'm going to be replaying some awesome past episodes you may have missed, which do relate to the most recent two episodes about dissociation not directly because they're not about dissociation, but they're about trauma and attachment. And um, I think that if you have any of the symptoms that you experience or that you heard me describe in the dissociation episodes 189 and 190, and 190 was my conversation with Kathy Steele, if you have or you're a therapist whose clients are exhibiting some of those symptoms and you aren't really sure how that might relate to a past history of trauma, the episodes that are going to be coming up over the next few weeks may help shed some light because there are a lot of things that we don't often think of as being traumatic that can impact us. So this week, I'm re-releasing my first interview with Dr. Janice Webb, which took place in the first year of therapy chat. And I know that a lot of you may not have heard it because we're almost at episode 200 and iTunes only releases the first or the most recent 100 episodes. So it's possible that you may have missed this one. And I think it's really awesome. Janice talks about what childhood emotional neglect is, why people experience it and 
how it's kind of a hidden thing because it's not what did happen, but what didn't happen. And this is closely related to attachment. So I hope you'll find our conversation interesting. And while you are listening to these replayed, re-released episodes, I'm cultivating a whole bunch of new guests and new interviews I'm putting together for you. So when I come back in mid-September, you're going to hear an expanded interview with Isabel Stenzel Burns about grief and grief therapy. When she and I talked the first time, it was about grief and chronic illness and hospice. And now this episode is more of an expansion on the discussion about grief. And I've also lined up some really amazing guests to talk about what I always learned was called the intergenerational transmission of trauma, which is now being understood in terms of ancestral trauma, epigenetics, inherited trauma. And I cannot wait for that interview. I'm not going to name the guests. You can, you can guess about it if you like, or find out when that episode comes out. And I've also set up interviews to learn more about the science behind the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study and preparing for becoming a family uh, when you are expecting a child. And I've also reached out to some people who I haven't heard back from yet that I'm really hoping will come and teach us more about polyvagal theory and how it helps with healing, sensory processing, and got another interview lined up about vicarious trauma, some conversations about animal-assisted therapies. You know, we've talked about equine therapies before. This will be expanding on that with other animals. Uh, Music therapy, Jungian analysis. So a lot of fun things coming up. Should be really interesting. And for now, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Dr. Janice Webb. I hope you enjoy it. And I also invite you to call in using SpeakPipe and let me know about your favorite episode of Therapy Chat and why you love it. And I will potentially include your quote in episode number 200, which will be coming up soon. Therapy Chat's fourth birthday is in August and coinciding with that will be episode 200 will be coming up right around that time and the two millionth download should be happening around the same time as well. So a lot to celebrate and I love that you're part of it. I love hearing from you. If you want to go to my website, therapychatpodcast.com and use the speak pipe button to leave me a message. I'd love to include you in that 200th episode on favorite episodes of Therapy Chat. All right. Until next time, thank you for listening. Therapy Chat Podcast wouldn't exist without the support of its listeners. If you'd like to become a member, please go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. By making a $1 per month donation, you can help Therapy Chat keep going over the long haul. Thank you for your support.
Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Dr. Janice Webb, a clinical psychologist, blogger for Psych Central, and author of the book, Running on Empty, Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect. Janice, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I was really excited to be speaking with you because I've read so many of your blog posts on childhood emotional neglect, and they really resonated as a way to help clients dealing with this issue understand the concept because it's it's really kind of a abstract concept. And so mm-hmm. I was hoping you could just kind of start by talking a little bit about what childhood emotional neglect is. My definition, I'll give you the definition. I'll explain why I define it that way. I define it as a parent's failure to respond enough to the child's emotional needs. And the emphasis is on the words enough and the word emotional, because I find that the mental health profession, we really tend to lump all kinds of neglect together uh, with each other, like physical neglect gets lumped in with emotional neglect and those get lumped in with abuse as well. So those words get kind of confusing and people will sometimes be using the word neglect when they're actually talking about abuse or they'll be using the word emotional neglect when they're actually talking about physical neglect. So what I'm trying to do is separate out just this one sort of very difficult to see and remember factor, which I think has a tremendous, it takes a huge toll on people. Absolutely. So how did you identify the issue of childhood emotional neglect? I, um, I have a private practice and I just kept seeing, you know, one after another patient in my practice in which they would claim that they had a fine childhood and good parents who loved them and all of that. Yet they were experiencing depression or anxiety or um, having some kind of symptom. And I started to notice a pattern of people, you know, again, who claimed their childhood was was quite good, you know, with these sort of empty feelings and uh, feeling like they didn't belong no matter where they went and questioning themselves a lot, um, having either anxiety or depression. And I, I just started thinking what could be the cause of this? Because all these people seem to have one thing in common, but it's not, nothing from their childhood that I could find. And then I, it just sort of gradually all coalesced and came together that all of these people had grown up in households where their parents, yes, loved them, but did not notice what they were feeling or respond to it. And some of them got some response, but just not enough. So I think that is part of what makes it so hard to be aware of and see is that our clients don't remember what didn't happen for them and they can't report it to us and they don't see it. Even if we point it out, it's hard for them to see it. Yes, exactly. So the thinking back and saying, no, there, you know, there was nothing. I had a happy childhood. My mom stayed home with us. You know, she was always there. She baked cookies and one construct that I've been able to kind of hold on to is maybe she was depressed or maybe she was really busy with other kids if you know, you know had a large family or maybe her emotional needs were never met and so she didn't know how to really be there for yours but mm-hmm. you know those are like you know you're kind of grasping at straws and 
clients are like, oh, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. <laughs> I like how in your book, you're able to identify different types of parenting styles, which can result in the feeling that the child's emotional needs were not met. Yeah, I identified 12 different types. And, you know, there's an infinite amount of different varieties of parents out there, of course. But there were 12, there are 12 that I see repeatedly over and over. And the the largest group, I think, is the one you mentioned last, which is I call them the WMBNT parents, well-meaning but neglected themselves. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who, you know, love their children and want to do right by them, but don't understand how they don't know that they're supposed to understand how their child is feeling or respond to it. Mm -hmm. So the child's feelings don't get attended to. And the message that the child hears is, my feelings don't matter. And a child's feelings are the most deeply personal biological part of who that child is. So the real message is you don't matter. Yes. And the child grows up with this deeply entrenched, unnameable feeling that she doesn't matter. And she just lives with that. And always feels kind of defective. And I call it the fatal flaw feeling like there's just something, you know, wrong with me that there's no explanation for. So it's got to just be my own weakness. And a lot comes from that because then the, the adult, you know, ends up blaming themselves and feeling defective and questioning themselves, never really quite feeling valid. And they end up treating their own emotions the same way their parents treated their emotions. They push them away. They ignore them. And they're missing out in this way on a huge part of life. Yes. And, and then when they become parents, they repeat the pattern. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. don't know how to attend to their children's needs any more than their parents did. Yeah. I think it's just insidious and it gets passed, you know, down very invisibly from one generation to another and no one knows what's wrong. Yeah. It is so insidious. Mm-hmm. So I love the book. I haven't finished it, but I've, as soon as I started reading it, I was sucked in. And because it relates so much to the clients I work with, I'm just devouring every word. And so I'm really glad you wrote it. I think people can see their, their stories reflected in the examples you give in the book. And I think it really will help people to, and probably has been helping people ever since you wrote it, to identify, this is what's been missing for me. This is why I feel, you know, fatally flawed, as you said. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you like the book. And I feel like it is accomplishing that. I mean, I get, I get comments and emails from people all over the world saying that they feel like it, it hits them at their core. So many people have said, you have to know my family to have written this book. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, um, you know, I think it helps people feel like deeply understood in some way that they never have before. And that makes me very, very happy. I love it when that, when I get those messages. Yes. It's wonderful that you've done this. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. 
Therapy Notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used Therapy Notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. So how can people learn whether or not they have been affected by childhood emotional neglect? That is a really good question. And it's something that was uh, a big question for me for a long time. And then when I started writing the book, I developed a what I call the emotional neglect questionnaire, mm. which is designed for adults. And because you can't just ask someone, were you emotionally neglected? Because unless it was very severe, they won't realize it. So the questions are um, about their adult experience. And it's a, basically a list of symptoms that I see in emotionally neglected people a lot. Mm. And then um, I think it's uh, 22 questions or something like that. And if you, you know, I, I feel bad because I haven't been able to get any psychometric um, studies done on it yet, although I'm working on that right now. But um, I basically say if you answer yes to six or more, there's a good chance that you grew up with some emotional neglect. Yeah. And, you know, psychometrics aside, and they'll come, people can just use this as like, does this describe me? And, you know, just sort of a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people take it and they don't understand it at all. And they, they're just like, this is, this is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then other people read it and say, okay, how did you make this? Because this describes me perfectly. Yeah. So I think it's the people who it really hits home with when they read the list. Those are the people that, you know, really grew up with a childhood that was defined by emotional neglect. So I think it's a very valid instrument based on my, you know, the experience I've had with it. Yeah. Well, I, I know that you have been a psychotherapist for a long time and longer than I have, but it's the examples in the book really hit home with, you know, what the issues are that my clients bring. Mm -hmm. So it's very right on. Well, good. Yeah, I tried to give examples um, of it happening to a child. And then also examples of like real life vignettes of my clients and stories of people who have realized their, you know, how it happened to them and what they needed to do to heal. Speaking of which, how can people heal from this? It's a, it's a, a process of, I'll, I'll just take you through the steps that I usually use. Great. The first is, and I, I think it's very tempting to skip over the first step because I've done it many times. I've made that mistake myself with many people before I realized, oh, this is not working. The first step is to fully recognize and accept that emotional neglect happened in your childhood. and accept the full effects that it's had on you throughout your life. That step is hugely important because 
when someone goes through that process, they start forgiving themselves. They stop feeling so flawed because they have an explanation for what's wrong. And they stop being so angry at themselves and blaming themselves. And they stop feeling defective because they have this understanding and they realize that there is a cure for it, a fix for it. And it really starts the person off on the right foot. Yeah. So I think step one is just huge. Um, Step two, hopefully the person is ready to roll at that point and motivated. They usually are. Step two is to welcome back and get in touch with all of those emotions that were walled off in childhood and that are still walled off. So I use, I have a lot, most of this is in the book. It's um, a sort of a, I call it the identifying and naming exercise Mm. in which the, you know, you teach the person how to get in touch with their feelings. A lot of CEN people use the word numb to describe themselves. Yes. Or they say, I don't have feelings. And there's this like this resistance to the, to even like, it's sort of like you're talking about something that's not even ever been on their radar screen. Mm -hmm. And so it can be a little tricky to get them to start welcoming their feelings in, but self-monitoring helps. And using this sort of meditative technique where they focus their attention inward and try to ask themselves what they feel. And then they, you know, I put them through sort of like an emotional training course because having your emotions walled off from childhood causes, I think it's one of the main causes of low emotional intelligence. Mm. How can you learn about something that you don't have access to yourself and how can you understand it? So I really do a lot of emotional training with people, you know, about how to recognize their emotions, how to accept them. A lot of CEN people um, get angry at themselves for having a feeling and that, or they second guess their feelings a lot. So challenging all of that and getting them to actually feel and learn about their feelings and be able to see feelings in other people, those kinds of things. And then there's um, helping them use people actually start being kind of different in the world. At that point, you can see them soften a little bit. You can see them feeling a little more, either more or less comfortable um, with themselves. And um, they start interacting differently. And sometimes the people around them are surprised and don't know how to react to it. But so I try to help them start inserting their emotions into their relationships to make their relationships deeper and more two-sided because emotionally neglected people tend to be givers and they're very focused on other people's feelings and needs Ah. because this is how they grew up, right? Mm -hmm. It was all about what was happening in the family, not what was happening within them. So I try to help them start to pay more attention to themselves and talk more and share more and be more present in their relationships. Wow. Yeah. It really works too. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking attachment, connection. And again, it's so hard to talk about attachment when you only know what you know and not what you didn't get. So this is great. I think the framework that you have in the book will be, I like how it's just so clear, you know, just so step by step. Yeah, it is. It's kind of um, deceptively, it's really kind of simple in a way, uh, the whole, the whole thing, especially for therapists. I think if, if a therapist is open to this idea, it really can be helpful. I know that 
when I first started thinking this way, I see it now so much. Like I see it everywhere. You just start seeing it everywhere once you really have it on your mind. Yeah, I really think that, I don't know if I'm right about this, but it seems like certain generations were kind of raised that way that, you know, it's more important to just sort of provide a certain image that people see from the outside than it is to tune into how the children actually feel and what they're going through. I know you said like a lot of baby boomers were raised well, that's not just um, childhood emotional neglect, but that was a particular type of parenting, I think, where a lot of baby boomers had. Oh, the author- authoritarian parent. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think that, that the generation above um, the baby boomers were very, very, you know, they had a lot more struggle. Mm-hmm. They lived through the Depression. They, a lot of them were immigrants and they came from other, you know, the Holocaust happened. Right. And so I think that, there's a whole generation of people that were pretty traumatized and just basically were trying to survive and they didn't have the luxury of paying attention to what they were feeling. Absolutely. And so, you know, I guess if you think about the parents who gave birth to the baby boomers and then the baby boomers were the biggest generation, you know, Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, wonder there are so many people who feel this way. And then if, if baby boomers have children and, um, you know, their emotional needs weren't met when they were children, then they have children and they don't know how to do it. Then the next generation. So, I mean, that just really because it really does seem very pervasive. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's exactly why. Yeah. There's also a bit of a backlash where baby boomers um, often, you know, the whole helicopter parenting Mm -hmm. phenomenon, I think is somewhat of a backlash to CEN because parents who grew up emotionally ignored can tend to can try to fix this. And I've seen this, you know, multiple times. They try to fix it by over attending to their child. And that doesn't work either because that ends up being you know, obviously a problem of a different sort. Yeah. And it's, you know, maybe the parent trying to protect the child from ever feeling any discomfort. It's still the parent trying to meet their own emotional needs through the child. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Very interesting. Well, I I just, I think this topic is completely fascinating and I'm so glad that you are out there talking about it and that you agreed to talk about it here. So you talked about how people can heal from this and you kind of gave a framework that therapists can consider. What else would you want clinicians to know about childhood emotional neglect? I'm in the process of trying to put together a, a, a training for, you know, continuing education credits for therapists, but that's taking some time and I'm trying to get a research project done first so that I'll have some research to back up what I'm talking about. Um, so that's going to take a little, a little while. In the meantime, I'm putting together a page on my website. I get emails and messages from people literally all over the world who say they really want to, they've read the book, they really want to work on this and they, they want to know where they can find a therapist who's a specialist and in, in childhood emotional neglect. So I'm trying to put together a page on my website that will list people who 
uh, are licensed providers of uh, mental health providers who have read the book and would like to work with people on this. So if anyone is interested, they should send me an email, which would be great. Wonderful. And how would people email you? You can find my, you can email me through my website, but my email address is just simply jweb, J-W-E-B-B-P-H-D at and as in nancy.com. Okay. And then your website is emotionalneglect.com. So that's easy to remember. Yeah, that's very easy to remember. So they can contact you one of those two ways. And that I think that's an amazing resource that you're putting together because obviously you're one person and everyone is like, help me. I have childhood neg- emotional neglect. Yes, like. <laughs> yes. It's kind of a, it's sort of flooding in a way. Yeah. And a, a lot of people want to do Skype with me, but I don't, I don't do, I don't do Skype therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and pl- I really believe in, I prefer to refer people to, you know, have in-person therapy. So I think it would be wonderful if that could work out. Yeah, especially when you're talking about trying to work on attachment and connection stuff. Uh, you know, that's yeah, yeah. The in-person helps to have piece the person really there. helps. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'm doing is um, I have a an online CEN treatment program mm-hmm. that I ran once last year, and uh, it went really, really great. It's very intensive and targeted. And I'm going to run that again in April. So, and I had a few therapists in it who were great to have be a part of it. So that is for people who've experienced childhood emotional neglect and want to work through it using this online program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. And, and how do they access that? How do people register? If you sign up for my newsletter on my website, uh, once I start it, it will, it'll all be on there and, information about how, how to sign up. Great. And this episode will initially air before April, 2016. So um, for people who are going to be listening after that time, if they miss your registration, they'll just have to go on your website and see what else you have going on at the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. this, this has been so interesting and how can Regular people who are not professionals learn more about childhood emotional neglect. They can read everything on my website. They can go to my blog on psychcentral.com, which is um, where most of everything I've written. I I write a new blog on there every week and I address a different aspect of childhood emotional neglect every single week on there. So that's a real, very rich resource. Yes. I don't know of anyone else who's really writing or talking about this issue. So I wish I had some other yeah, they just <laughs> other have resources to, to offer. They'll have to go on your website. That's the yeah, way. that's pretty much it. <laughs> Good. No, I think your blog is an amazing resource. And um, the articles, again, they're so relatable. And they're just written in a really down to earth way that's easy to understand. So yeah, I try to write them um, the way that I would talk to someone who was in my office. That's my goal. Yeah. So that people can read it and just feel like I'm talking to them personally. Well, I think that people should get your book, which is called Running on Empty, Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect, and visit your website and read your blog posts and sign up for your course and <laughs> 
all of the above. I mean, really, if you know, it's such a it's such a difficult thing and you've got such great information and help available. So I think it's really wonderful. Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Jenny, so much for being here. I really find this to be fascinating and I can't wait to get back to reading the book. I think it's going to be really helpful to many of my clients. So I'm going to be recommending it all over the place. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Just another reminder that if you'd like to become a member of Therapy Chat, supporting the podcast while receiving fun member perks and being able to communicate with me one-on-one, go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. If every subscriber donated just $1 per month, Therapy Chat would be able to keep going strong indefinitely. Thanks so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.